I'm going to ask you to stand as I pray and as I read the scripture. I'm going to be reading verse, chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. Let's have a word of prayer. Today, Lord, we are mindful that we belong to you, that we are your people, those that have accepted you as Savior. And today we are praying that the word of God will be preached, that you will anoint the hearers, anoint the vessel, Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church at this time. We want to thank you for your loving kindness. We want to thank you for your awesomeness. We want to thank you for your grace, your love, your mercy. And we want to thank you, Lord, for people that love the Lord, people that you are still bringing to yourself. And we pray that we will be effective in reaching the lost. May we give the word of God. May there be no compromise in the word of God. We do love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you stand, (laughs) Acts chapter 4, beginning at verse 18. And it says, Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. You may be seated. As you're writing, if you're writing down the subject, the subject of this message, or the title, I should say, of this message is The Command, The Conviction, and The Challenge. The Command, The Conviction, and The the challenge. It was good to have you back here again. I've seen you two, it's actually a few weeks ago, so it's good to have you again. I was actually talking to your dad on the phone just a few weeks ago, and I had a good conversation with him. So um, it's good to have reconnected with Kisa. The command, the conviction, and the challenge. You are faced every day with making decisions. Kim, it's good to see you. Kim is in Novato, and Kim, I don't know if you're driving to cop the bus here, but Kim said when she had to move to Novato, she said that she had to walk to get to church. She's right here, so Kim, (laughs) it's good to see you. Every decision that you make produces some type of result. Some of the results are known prior to the decision that you make, and some results are not known. There are general results that we can assume will take place based on the decision that we make, but you cannot always know the specific result that will take place with every decision. There are some decisions that we make that have a cause and effect relationship. For example, if I take a sharp knife and press it hard enough against my skin, I'm going to draw blood. We would call that a cause and effect relationship. However, there are some decisions or actions that 
we say have a high correlation. That's more in psychological. When we talk about psychology, we talk about cause and effect and correlation. But there are some things that have a high degree of correlation. In other words, of something that's associated with it. There's a high correlation of me hitting someone and possibly, possibly being hit back. However, it may not cause me to be hit back by the person, but the correlation of the action producing a certain result is very, very high. But it may not cause the other person to respond because they might not believe in violence. But we can say that it has a high degree of probability. You cannot live for God or be in this world and not be affected by the relationship of certain events or actions. No way to be in this world and not be affected by things. Peter and John find themselves in a situation in which the action that they took led to a command being given and a direct challenge by the religious leaders. There was a command by the religious leaders to Peter and John because of an action that they had taken. That action that they had taken had resulted in them proclaiming the Lord Jesus Christ. Now they are left with a conviction of whom they are going to obey, which brings us to our first point. Point number one is the command to be silent about the Savior. The command to be silent about the Savior. If you have not decided to do what is right, then you are going to be a pawn in the hands of the enemy when he confronts you. If you have not decided to do right, then you're going to be a pawn in the hands of the enemy. There are two things that I want to draw your attention to. First, the first thing is that the healing of the lame man was the event that stirred the crowd. And get this, the event that stirred the crowd that we have been studying was the healing of this lame man at the gate called Beautiful. The second point that I want to draw your attention to is the preaching about Jesus was the event that stirred the religious leaders. Both of these events are still Pointing to Jesus. I don't care what you do, where you go, what your, your um, uh, plan for his life, if it does not lead you to Christ, if it does not cause you to honor the Lord Jesus Christ, you're on the wrong course. You cannot live in this life and not be affected by the things that happen. If you are not in Christ... Satan has the right to attack you. It was the second event that became the focus and controversy for those who hated Jesus. It was the second issue that the disciples were preaching and declaring the word of God. They were preaching Jesus that caused them to have conflict with the religious leaders. Our goal and focus, no matter what we do, must be about the Lord. 
When we think about introducing people to the Lord, we might try to find any type of way to start that conversation. You, you've been in situations to where you wanted to tell somebody about the Lord. You, you wanted to say something, but you just didn't quite know how to start that conversation. And so you ran through different scenarios in your mind about what you could say and what you could speak about. But your point being was that you wanted to tell them about the Lord. You see, it's not so much the issue or point about just how you start, but it's the result that you're trying to get to. Now, how you start makes a big difference. Now, you can come to some party and tell them, but you're going to hell today, and you might lose them right there. It might be better to ask them, how's your day going? And lead towards whatever you're trying to get to them, right? Because you want to establish some type of rapport with that person in order to get them to hear to hear the message. And so as you run through different scenarios, the point being is that you are trying to get to the main point and the main person of Jesus Christ. The theme of the Old Testament the New Pers- and the New Testament is all about point, it's all about pointing people to Christ, trying to get people to see the book is about the Lord. Now, the religious leaders, even though they weren't so much concerned about that man that got healed, even though they noted that a great miracle had been done, they were upset about Jesus. And so there was a command given that you all be quiet about Jesus Christ. Don't talk about the Savior. That's what the world is telling us today. Don't talk about Christ. Shh. Be quiet. You know you was in school and you're sitting back to talking to teachers and say, shh, be quiet. Sometimes you might be in church and it's not time for talking. Shh. Or a person just turns around and looks at you. You know what that look means. <laughs> well, when we look at the miracle that had taken place, this was the catalyst, the catalyst that sparked the problem. That miracle sparked the problem. The focus, too, for the religious leaders also now completely focuses on Jesus, but in the direction of trying to get Peter and John to shut their mouths. They put them out of the Sanhedrin. Can someone tell me what the Sanhedrin is? What high court? Yes, brother, yes, just high court. I want a different name, yes. The Jewish Supreme Court. How many? I tell you, that fly has lived here for 10 years. <laughs> Even though they only have a very short lifespan. That fly always comes around when it's time to preach. <laughs> the Jewish Supreme Court, made up of 70 some say 70, but 71 members. They brought all of these, these uh, uh, people together, and they f- came together. Now, now, to get the Jewish Supreme Court to come t- together, there had to be something significant going on. And for them, it was all of the people running and praising God, and when they came up, you will note if you go back and read, they were disturbed when they heard the disciples 
telling the people about Jesus. Have you really paid attention to what people say when the discussion of Jesus comes up? They basically are trying to tell you to shut your mouth. (laughs) See, that is the message of Satan. That is the message of the enemy. Shut your mouth. That's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants to have other people drown you out so that the message about Jesus Christ can't be heard. And so the enemy is busy, busy, busy trying to get people to close their mouth about Christ and to elevate everything else that will drown out what God has to say. You will notice that they did not... uh, They did not say not to heal. They did not say not to lay your hands on. They said, shut up about Jesus. I got to tell a little story. My daughter's here. There's a lady named Irene Mitchell that used to sit right back there. (laughs) And Irene was just, you know, just sweet. But, you know, she she, she talked like, you know, um, Pastor Small... My my health is just not good. You know, she had this one <laughs> kind of the tone. <laughs> so she sat him back there one day when my daughter was a little girl, a <laughs> little baby, and was holding her, and she's making noise. And in her sweet little voice, she says, shut up, little baby. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but said in a very nice way, you know. She didn't mean no harm, but that's just her. Shut up, little baby. <laughs> Well, that's the plan of the enemy. He wants you to just shut up. But as the people of God, you can't shut up. We've got to be willing to speak and proclaim the Word of God. The religious leaders focus on Jesus is where the real controversy is for them. The controversy always centers on the Lord Jesus Christ even when you might not be aware of it. I, I, I can go certain places, maybe, maybe some of you, and if a person's not doing right, they, they say, oh, here comes somebody. They, they want to turn and go the other way. Oh, Just your presence sometimes will cause a person to take a different route. That could be a good thing. You know when you were acting up and your parents weren't home and then they come walking the door, you go scurrying and running trying to, trying to do what you're supposed to or sit yourself on the couch. You know what I'm talking about. Don't act like you don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. All of y'all been there. All y'all <laughs> have been at a time and a place where you were doing something you had no business doing. Satan's aim is to keep you from saying anything. The next thing Satan wants to do is to keep your life from showing Jesus Christ. If he can get your mouth to be closed and your life to then con- contradict what you say you are and who you say you are, Satan has a, great, has a great win right there. He has a great victory right then because you won't be effective. Satan is not only trying to get you to close your mouth, he's trying to close down your testimony. And for too many people, he's doing a good job and he's succeeding. If you are embarrassed about people coming to your house because of what they might see or smell, That's a problem. 
If you are concerned about somebody driving up unannounced, that's a problem. If you are concerned about your speech and what might be heard, that's a problem. I'm going to slip that soak in and sink in just for a little bit before I move on. <laughs> just going to meditate on that for a minute. Marinate. You know, there's some, some, some of that good food in me. You just kind of just let it sit in the season. Just kind of sit there and let it all soak in. Your lifestyle has to be something where the Lord is able to work through you in order so that people can see you and see Christ in you. If they're seeing, if they're seeing a whole bunch of other stuff, that's not good. If you're telling people, don't, don't look at me, look at Christ. And they ask you, well, where can I find him? Well, let me take you to church. No, you are the church. It ain't them coming to the church building. That's good. But you are the church. Let me come take you to somebody else. No. What's with your lifestyle? The disciples were not backing off of anything. They were commanded to be quiet and said, no, we won't. We're going to show forth and tell forth the glory of God, what Jesus Christ has done. Point number two. The conviction to disobey in order to obey. The conviction to disobey in order to obey. In Acts chapter 14, or chapter 4, verses 19 and 20, as we read, it says, But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? Judge for yourself. Now, in the vernacular, it's just saying, <laughs> between you and Jesus, that ain't even an issue. That ain't even something that we have to consider. You judge for yourself. We can't help but talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. Rarely does Satan have to use any new procedures and stopping many people from doing what Jesus says you are to do. Listen, rarely does Satan have to use any new tricks with you because the same one trips you up every time. He's got a whole bag of tricks, but he only got to use the two or three that he got out the bag because they always work. I'm about to get such and such a person told because they did say said something to me. I'm about to tell them, give them some pieces of my mind. Oh. <laughs> yep, that works for you. That's the trick. Yep, he keeps that one. He keeps that one handy and always keeps some person in the thicket, ready to pop, to jump out just for you, with just the right words to say to stir you up. Just the right words for you to have you say some things that you said you would have to go, oops, if somebody heard. He, just, just to be able to, 
to, to be ready to punch a person because he just knew, he knew just the right buttons to push. Now, now, it ain't nothing wrong with having those thoughts at times. It's depending on where they go. I have those thoughts. I just can't linger on them too long. Because I, I, I have a tendency that if I dwell on something too long, I might want to act. So I have to be careful when a person cuts me off, not to follow them. <laughs> okay. You're, you got me. It takes something sometime to have that car not turn where they're going. I'm going to tell, tell them myself. I'm going to tell you something one day. Something happened. I was working over in Oakland. And I was in uh, my, my, the secretary, Millie. I told her what had happened. I'm driving. There's traffic on 101 going north. I, see, so I can tell you all some things while some of you all don't know. I'm telling you all this. I may have heard it before, but I don't think so. Should I tell you all? Yeah, I'll tell you. There was traffic 101. So what I would normally do at times, I'd take the exit, Sir Francis Drake, go up above the freeway, and then come down into San Rafael on the backside. Some of y'all don't know that little place. Some of y'all do. But that side where you go over Sir Francis Drake, before you get, before you get to Francisco, they made that big wall. They got that rock-like fix. Well, right above there, there's a road up there. I would take that to bypass the traffic. Just this day, just as I'm trying to bypass the traffic, the slowest car <laughs> happened to be in front of me. Of all the times of the day, of all the, 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 the cars that are out there, this car, on this day at this time, happened to be in front of me. And not only for a short distance, because I'm trying to make up time so that I don't feel like I've wasted my time by going that side way. So you know, if you look, some of y'all know this, I do this. You know you trying to saw a car on the freeway, and you want to make sure you stay ahead of that car. So I'm looking down, yeah, I would have been by right there. I don't want to be behind the place where I got off. I want to be ahead. But no, this station wagon. And so as I'm behind this car, I'm going, oh, man. And as they turned to go right down the hill, it's as if they slowed down. This lady was driving, two guys, and, and I'm like right on the car. You know how we can do sometimes. It's not, we don't have to blow the horn. They know what you're saying. Go faster or move over. I was saying all of that behind them. They don't open my mouth, but go through all the gyrations. <sighs> they can't hear me. So I'll be going down the bottom of the hill. I'm just hoping they turn left and they don't. They turn right and I'm going right. Oh! I am upset. Come to the stop sign. I'm hot. Person gets out the car and I step out. Kick off my shoes. Because I was in karate, I was ready to kick him upside the head. I was itching to use my karate that day. Because they were slippery. I was... And the other guy in the front seat, look at his friend, looked at me, oh no, he's not... He got there, hey man, hey man, move! 
<laughs> Got back in the car all convicted. <laughs> Holy Spirit just beat me all up. I'm thinking, oh man. What happened? But I I was hot. And I would have that day I would have thought he came up to you. Oh yeah, we've been going to it. Spin kick, roundhouse, all of it. <laughs> the enemy hoped that he would get me to fight, but the Lord intervened. He allowed that man to get back in the car. But I, oh, but, but that, I'm telling y'all, we would have been out there scrapping. <laughs> now, I'm talking about me. Kinda. <laughs> but that's you. That's you too. You see, if Satan can take something, and I can, I can just imagine... That somehow somebody had seen me that day. Was that Pastor Marcus Small? I think I saw Pastor Marcus. <laughs> Lord have mercy. And I become a Sunday. Let's turn on to the Word of God today. <laughs> Lord have mercy. So the Lord helped me to see something. And so now I, I, I watch I, and I make sure I pray before I leave the house to make sure that I have some grace of God. Because, you know, I just don't know who I might run in years down the road that I may have to speak to and witness to. And guess what? That event would have been fresh on their mind. So Satan will use anything he can to get us to stop doing what Jesus said. Now, it had been a very short time before when Jesus had spoken to his disciples in Matthew 28 and told them to go preach the gospel in all the world to all the nations. The Lord had just recently told his disciples, and they are now carrying that out, and Satan has told them to stop. But the conviction of the disciples to disobey God was not there. Their conviction was that, they said, we're going to do what God says. You decide for yourself, but for us, we can't help but speaking the word of God. Peter's conviction, I believe, to stand and do what Christ said was strengthened after coming back after he had denied Christ. I've got to just assume because he had denied Christ, he came back with the fervor. He came back with such a, de a desire to serve God because he knew he blew it. But as Peter now stands, we can see the change that has taken place in his life because he says, even if it caused me my life to be thrown into jail, I'm going to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. He and John have been commanded to shut their mouths. And Peter and John's reply is one of conviction and resolve. They say, what? What? Is, is it right for us to listen to you or to God? You judge for yourselves. Our conviction is that we can't help but speak what we have seen and heard. People are in a dangerous place when they talk about how they are doing better with sin. Ah, how you doing? Well, how you doing? I'm doing better with my sin. I'm doing better with my sin. 
I find nothing in Scripture where the Lord tells us to work on stop, stopping sin. He just says don't do it. Don't, he, he doesn't say work on the habit of it. He just says stop sinning. Even though God said not to do this and that sin brings death, they say I'm decreasing my sin a little bit every day. One day I hope to have this sin behind me. Well, I can tell you that your conviction is not doing what God says. But you have bought into the command by the religious leaders to not do what Jesus said for you to do. When you listen to Satan and follow his advice and make excuses, you are doing what the enemy wants you to do. I find nowhere in Scripture or in the Bible where the Lord sanctifies a little bit of sin. Oh, he forgives. But he doesn't sanctify sin. He said, forsake your sin. Someone quickly find Proverbs 28, 13 and read it. Whoever finds it, just read it right out. Let me tell everybody find it. Whoever finds it first. Proverbs 28, 13. Someone please read it quickly. Whoever confesses and forsakes his sin. Well, what? The Lord calls us to forsake our sin. The conviction, the conviction that the disciples had was that they said we're going to obey. Satan has sold some people a lie and they have taken it and swam with it like a fish. When a fish grabs some bait on a hook, the fisherman allows the fish to run or what we say to run or to swim. And then they slowly draws that fish back a little bit at a time. You see, the, 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 the hook serves as a purpose that when that, that, that fisherman allows that fish and gives a little slack to go a little bit deeper so that it becomes secured in there so that the fish can't get loose. And the fisherman just patiently just wastes and some runs and just drip, draws them in a little bit more each time. Oh, that fish might fight. But it is only a matter of time before it is out of the water and on the boat or on the land. You see, when we use excuses and when we allow Satan to allow us to lie to ourselves, it's just like a fish. He's baiting us. And then he's just drawing us in. He lets us run a little bit because he thinks, oh, I got away with that. And then he just draws and reels us in a little bit more. And then you run a little bit more, and then, no, no, you think you're going, and then, no, but Satan has hooked you. And that hook has gotten so deep that sometimes you don't even know it. And you think you've gotten by. But you see, that's what Satan will do. He wants his hook to go that much deeper. And when we lie to ourselves and make excuses about doing what is right and then don't do it, Satan, his hook goes deeper. Last point, I'll be out here soon, and that is the challenge. The challenge. Some of us <clears throat> let our guard down because we think that Satan is left. We just let our guard down. The religious leaders are not going to go away without a fight. Now, after further threats, read that verse at 21, 22. 
They had already threatened him. Then it says, after further threats, they let Peter and John go. You are going to be challenged on the very thing that the Lord has told you to do. Notice that the challenge is a follow-up to the command that they had received to be quiet and to no longer speak in the name or to teach about Jesus. That came early. They had already been told that. And now they are further threatened to stop it. Remember, as I said, verse 18, you're commanded to not teach. Now, further threats are taking place here. They're being pressured. Let me share another quick story as I come that deals with pressure. I went to Florida. Mel and I went to Florida. Had been, what, 10 years before we went on a vacation. Couldn't afford to go on a vacation. So we didn't. Didn't charge it. Because the cars are already maxed too. <laughs> but I think it was, what, 10, was it 10 years? Might have been longer, but anyway, it was a long time. We went to Florida. We had received in the mail this offer to go on this cruise to the Bahamas. Wonderful deal. And the only thing you had to do was to go to a presentation while you were there. I said, I can go to a presentation and get the, get the trip for this amount. I'll go sit for two hours. Absolutely. So I went to Florida. And we had already talked. We're not getting anything. So we get to Florida. So you go there, you stay for a day. Then you go down to you know, the boat. And then you go back. And then you come back after the four or five days, whatever it was. And then have another day you leave. So we get there. And we go to the presentation the next day. So we're there and they give them a presentation. And it sounds really good, but expensive. Oh, thank you, but no. After maybe a couple of hours, well, well you sure? Well, no, thank you. Okay, well, we're going to let you go. But right before you go, we just need to go out and speak to a person and, you know, ask how the interview went and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So we're trying out. Maybe you have a seat, sat down. And... They started and said, you know, we said you couldn't afford to tell you what, I'm going to make you a deal. And really lowered the price. And we went, hmm. Let us talk to one another. I'll give you a moment. Yes, go ahead. And do you not know that we left it with a timeshare? <laughs> no. No. It sounded so good. It, it was like, it was this pressure that it was so wonderful because they made it appealing. And we left and we never used it. After getting a couple more trying to get rid of them, going on these trips, we couldn't get rid of them. Pressure to take them, but trying to get rid of those things, good luck. They'll attach your house They'll attach any and everything. So the Lord in his wonderful mercy says, now I'm going to let you out. Now don't do that again. <laughs> Had to pay to get out of it. But I got out of it. And guess what? They can send as many offers as they want. I ain't interested. <laughs> I ain't buying. I ain't interested. For those of you where the enemy is t- 
tempting you with something that looks good. And you say, oh, that's too much. And then he comes out with another little sweet offer. Don't bite. It'll snare you. It'll snare you. And I tell you this. Once you bite into that and take that challenge, it's going to be hard getting rid of it. And that's what sin does. Sin just kind of, you know, there and kind of tempts you. But boy, when it grabs you, it's hard to get rid of it. There is a release point to every challenge, even though it may not always come in this life. There is a release point where the Lord allows challenges to come. If you belong to the Lord, some release points will have to take place in heaven. The challenge that the disciples are once again faced with by further threats by the religious leaders are met head on. They will not deter from the course that they have been set on. Peter and John understood that in their training, obeying Jesus was far better than obeying anything else. Release points. What I mean is that there are some challenges <clears throat> that you may be in, and the only way that you will finally be delivered is when we're no longer in this life, but we're with the Lord. In other words, there may be something that even the Lord may allow you to go through, or something that you may be challenged by that you may not ever get the full release from, or it never leaves you. But only when the Lord calls you home to glory is what I mean by the release point. There are some decisions that we've made that will be with us the rest of our lives. And the only way out for some things is when the Lord calls us home to glory. Their conviction allowed them to face the challenge. To face the challenge. <laughs> the command, the conviction, and the challenge. As we conclude, are you at a place like the disciples to, to be commanded by the, the enemy, commanded by the adversary to stop pursuing Christ, to stop teaching, to stop showing Christ? Have you been commanded by someone? And has your conviction been such to where you say, I don't care what you have to say, I'm going to do what the Lord told me to do. There was no compromise in their walk, but there was a conviction to meet the challenge head on. Today, as many people are leaving the scene and many things are happening, you know, we are moving more and more. That should be causing the Christian to pray more and more. When I see what's happening over in Syria and the Christians, do you know Christians being just killed and people? Do you not know the world is in, in, is in chaos? It's in chaos. And, 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 if, and if the events that are happening in this world is not causing you to say, hmm, I'm going to make sure I'm doing exactly what the Lord told me to do. There are some crazy things happening. And as we see the things taking place, all the events, it should cause us to run into Christ as I end with this final story. In a dream years ago, over 20 years ago, longer than that, I saw lava coming down the hill in Marin City from the top of 409, 419, rolling down the hill. That's when, that's when Hayden's Market was still there. 
lava was coming down, and I was out trying to warn the people. There's, there's lava coming. Look, you've got to repent. And my, my, my plea was to get people to repent. And do you not know people were sitting around playing cards? They were in the parking lot talking, and no one was aware that lava was slowly had engulfed the hill and was slowly moving towards them. And as I pleaded, people stood there and just paid no attention. Danger. It was coming. And I was panicking. You've got to repent. Look. Nobody saw. The person that I saw in my dream, just this past year, I went to that person and told him about that dream. And I saw him because he was the one whose face came to me and I was here holding him. And I told him about that dream. After 20 years, the Lord gave me the opportunity. He said, Lord, I got to get to him. And the Lord had pressed upon my heart, get to him. Didn't even know all the medical things that were happening. And finally got a chance to talk to him and share. And he told me, you know, Got to start doing what's right. And at that time when he had come a couple of times, we've had some contact, but he accepted the word. Had scared him, but he accepted. He's still not doing all that he needs to do. But it was something to hear how God even arranged for me to even get to him on that particular day when I met him there. Went and talked to him and And I'm just grateful that the Lord gave me the opportunity to reach out to that individual on that particular day. I saw him out there. Our job is to teach and to tell people the word of God because they don't know about the dangers that are there that's lurking. And if we're living a compromised life, we won't be effective. This is serious business. People are leaving the word must be preached. Bow your head. We pray that, God, we will have conviction today when it comes to the word of God. We pray that no matter what Satan brings or throws our way, that, that we will be sure to do what Peter and John said, that we will say and do what the Lord says. It is better for us to obey the Lord. May our light shine, Lord, that Christ will be seen. Whatever the command the enemy may try to give, may the conviction be settled within our very hearts that we're going to do what the Lord says. May we be prepared for the challenge to take that challenge head on and live for Christ. We thank you today for blessing Peter and bringing him back, for allowing him to be, Lord, a leader that was determined to do what the Lord says. Now, may we, Lord, have that same tenacity May we have that same desire. May we have that same motivation and conviction to do exactly what the Lord has called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.